Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Today is a special episode, very, very special episode. We are on location in and around Orlando, Florida. Longwood. Longwood, Florida. Yes. And we are here at the Deep South Cigars. In This is the warehouse of MJ Frias Cigars. Uh, MJ Frias Cigars. And we're here with Jeremy mm-hmm. and his boy Donovan. Yes. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you very much for having us on. Uh, so before we get to them, we talk about Deep South Cigars, we talk about the industry, we talk about all the things they do and all the things they've got going on, head over to creativebringcandy.com, check out all the great family of podcasts there, including the newest podcast, Stay Wild Trauma Child, a podcast by uh, a couple of women who deal with trauma in the way only they know how. Uh, they're not medical professionals, but they do say they need medical professionals. <laughs> check them out, creativebringcandy.com. Uh, Stay Wild Trauma Child, and welcome them to the Creative Brain Candy family. So, Jeremy, Donovan, again, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you for having you. us. Thank you. So, Jeremy, let's talk about you first, and let's talk about Deep South Cigars, because you started Deep South Cigars. Yes, sir. How long have you been smoking cigars? We'll start there. Let's start at the beginning. Gosh, I think I started smoking cigars when I was a schoolgirl. Um <laughs> to be honest, uh, I, I can honestly say I stole my first cigar when I was about eight or nine from my great uncle and my grandfather. Oh, wow. My grandparents raised me. So, uh, yeah, it was some gnarly like have a Tampa that was in a box that said five cents. Gives you an idea how old and how stale it was. I had no clue. But that Ooh, was my first cigar. Tampa jewels. Yeah, dude, it was old, old, old. I swear the box was from like the 50s, but I was like nine or ten. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, and I started picking up cigars probably at like. You know, got back into them, um, I don't know, probably about 15 years ago, so in my mid-20s. Um, yeah. yeah. So about 15 tw- years, you've been smoking pretty steadily. Uh, yeah, I'm up to probably 10 to 12 cigars a day now, so uh, I need to cut back. I was told recently by my doctor. <laughs> well, fuck them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Bitches. Right? What do they know? They're only doctors. <sighs> you know what? Here's the thing. There's more dead doctors annually than our cigar smokers i bet i'm like if you look at the proportion probably more doctors die from being doctors than cigar smokers Uh, probably you know probably i'd buy that right so you've been smoking steadily for 15 years you're smoking 10 to 12 a day now what's your favorite stick of all time like if you had a like the desert island cigar we'll start with that bullshit question that everybody gets right um well if i was stuck on a desert island my most favorite would be whatever cigar i could get my hand on in the moment however if i could knowingly choose to be isolated on a desert island it would probably be the cigar we're smoking right now um it is one that mj freest manufactures so it is uh it is a 54 by 5.5 so basically it's, it's like a toro. toro um it's it uses a connecticut uh and sorry what did i say connecticut it uses nicaraguan and dominican priming a lot of pennsylvania lajaro is in it connecticut broadleaf binder and what we're smoking is a mexican san andreas wraps 
nice and toothy. Really good. Yeah. Really good. That's the bulk of what I smoke every day. Probably at least eight eight of those are out of my selection in a day because I work here. And honestly, when I got the job, because my boss came to me and kind of headhunted me, I was like, uh, yeah, sure. But I get to smoke all the cigars I want. That's part of our agreement and me coming to work here. <laughs> like that cigar is what got me this position. And like, I'm glad I came for the cigars, but the lifestyle is far exceeds what the cigar brought. In well, pay. And I want to talk about the lifestyle, but Donovan, let's go to you next. Uh, how long have you been smoking cigars? Because you're only 25. You're a young buck. As they say, 17, 18. My dad's going to kill me if he hears this, but yeah, like 17, 18. I'll, I'll email him. Does he have email? Yeah. Okay. It's AOL. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've been smoking since you were 17 or 18. Yeah. How many are you up to a day? He's smoking 10 or 12. What about you? I used to work at Corona uh, here in Lake Mary. And uh, at night shifts, it would go up to like, so I'd get in at five, right? And by the time I get in at five, I had already smoked maybe two or three just casually. And it would get up to maybe eight to ten a shift, and it was it was quite quite ridiculous. Now I'm up to like maybe two or three a day. Yeah, that's not, where I'm at. Not two bad. or three a day. Yeah, yeah it's that's, not bad. That's not bad. Ten or twelve. You're not the only person in the industry that smokes that many. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like, well, I'm sitting mm-hmm. talking about it. I'm yeah. doing it. Like if I don't have one, yeah. Like it I feels feel, weird. It does yeah, feel yeah. weird. Yeah, it's like a king without a crown. I mean, you don't know what to do. I I can honestly say, if I'm up at seven seven thirty in the morning, my first Maduro is lit. You know, within five or ten minutes, I'm already started on what we're currently enjoying. So you like you like the Maduro. You like the strong, spicy stuff. Yeah, first thing. Absolutely. In the um, I'm also a big fan of Lancero. I mean, I know we're smoking more like a Toro right now, but I'm a fan of Lancero just because like you get so much wrap versus priming like this blend in specific like we we also have some of these products in that size and it's phenomenal you get even more of that laro you get more of that mexican san andreas like or the retro hail and i smoke a lot right still makes my eyes water if i do two or three retro hails in a row like it's bernie bernie so but, this this had a closed foot with it like, it's like shaggy at uh, the end it, yeah it's just the clothes where the wraps allowed to go over and then kind of envelop it so that first if you if you do a retro hail right off the first light it is nothing but pure wrap it's it's so good yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is so good. It's different than almost anything mm-hmm. that I can think of that I've smoked recently. It's a anyway. phenomenal cigar. Yeah, absolutely. This is really good. There aren't really a whole lot of harsh edges to it. Mm-hmm. It's very smooth. I really dig this. And here's the thing. Those just came from our factory, not with, you know, I mean, recently I have some that I've been aging for about eight months and I took a couple out of the box and smoked it with my boss because he has never had them age because we honestly manufacture them and they're gone as soon as they get here. So like nobody... Has had a chance to smoke a really even age. I mean, eight months isn't that long, but I'll tell you the the aged is it's even it takes all that little edge off of it and it makes it. I pick up more floral notes, believe it or not. Yeah, it mellows it out a lot. Yeah, it's absolutely. like almost like you're smoking see, a box of raisins. Yeah, it's it's really really nice. I can see that floral raisins a little a, like yeah. a fruity a little bit, but not. Yeah, like, yeah um, absolutely. Yeah. He definitely picks up on the fruity flavor. So. I want to get to how you got into the industry because okay. obviously you didn't get into the industry right away. But you started. You said you started at uh, Corona. Corona Donna. Yeah. How'd that happen? Like you so just like cigars I, and so you're like, I want to work. One here? of my dads was cool with uh, one of the managers there, and one I would go dads? there with him uh, way before I could smoke. And is that what he said? said? Yeah, he, he said, said one of your dads. Is <laughs> that like one of those? It got oh no, so my, no, 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 no. <laughs> I did. Oh, yeah, like, did. I met one of the managers. <laughs> I met one of the managers. That's fucking hilarious. Okay, so my dad was cool with one of the managers. <laughs> I think it might be a Freudian slip. Yeah, yeah, daddy. And um, 
<laughs> that's hilarious. You should email him this this link. <laughs> just this just this section. And uh I really didn't care for the cigars in the beginning. It was the people. I just thought everybody was there was cool as shit. It felt like what I said before, like one of those interesting man in the world commercials where like you pan out and there's like all kinds of crazy characters and stuff. And every cigar bar we went to was like that. And so I just wanted to be surrounded by that more than the cigars. I didn't know jack shit about cigars when I first started working there. Um, a, a select few of people taught me, you know, little by little. And then I kind of did my own research from there. And then obviously smoking the eight to 10 cigars a day helped a lot. But, um, you know, you, you take breaks and then here and there, cause you know, if you eat caviar every day, it's just fish eggs, you know? So like I would take breaks in between and do research instead of smoking eight to 10 a day. But that, that really helped me, especially being on the retail side too, seeing how people, uh, act realistically, you know, smoking cigars, buying them online and in the store. Did you ever deal with or interact with any of the reps? Yes, yes. Is that was uh, that a trip? I've heard that, so many stories from Yeah. They they they're they're super cool. Everybody that's gone there is super cool. Christina from uh Ashton Rex um who else? We met uh Caldwell, Robert Caldwell. He's really cool. But yeah, th- that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Though. Yeah, that's a whole those different field thing. trips, those side field trips. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. For sure. All right, so Jeremy, how did you get into the industry? Because getting into the industry, I've heard, is not the easiest thing to do. I stumbled upon it. Really? Legit. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the personality. The fact, okay, so like to disclosure, I actually grew up on an equestrian facility, so like a horse farm, right? So for us, at the end of the evenings, like work would get done. We'd still have clients there, and I'd uh, I'd befriended a good friend. His name's uh, his name's Juan. And I've been dabbling in cigars, but they were like lower quality. Let's be honest. They were like Fumas and stuff like that. Like I didn't smoke, get into the good stuff until maybe within the last decade or so, just because I was younger and broke, you know? Right. But a cigar is still a cigar, even, you know, at that point. For sure. Um, He introduced me to some higher quality stuff. His family was from Santa Domingo and he would go over there and he'd come back with a bunch of La Aurora's and he'd be like, here you go. So even back then, I didn't really know like... I could pick up on quality, but I hadn't, you know, refined my palate yet. So he'd gotten me kind of into doing that stuff and smoking with him. And we would sit and talk for all of us collectively. Sometimes we'd have 20 or 30 people hanging out around the barn just talking. So I spent my entire life like baptized in the art of bullshit. And in this industry, it's it's there's so much is the quality product. Like we we both acknowledge we're smoking a good quality product right now. Yeah. But really, this industry is about interpersonal relationships and the ability to, to connect because I can sit at a lounge with a multimillionaire as we literally do at our mm-hmm. lounge. And 20 minutes later, I can give one of my cigars to a homeless guy outside. I don't care. Like the, the, the cigars are the universal connectivity that bonds people from all different religions, socioeconomic standards, races. It doesn't matter. And in that, I found that just talking and hanging out with people. So um, I also worked at Corona as well. I was only there for about six months. I do not know how Donovan did it for like, what, eight years or something me like that? Me either. I eight don't know. Years. <laughs> um, <laughs> towards the end of the six months for me, like I was needing to take Xanax just to go to work because all the drama and crap that was going on. Really? So I, I graciously bowed out with a middle finger salute and um, <laughs> was just kind of doing my own thing because at the time um, I was hosting weddings for our local uh, local city like as a, you know, an events planner and stuff like that. On the side, I also was, while I was at Corona, I, I like, I turned on my lathe, like wood pins, like, you know, like high end pins. And that's uh, a I very was, nice pin, by the way. Thank you very much. I take pride in my work. Um, 
So, but I was when reps and stuff would come in and some of the other guys, I would put like, you know, the Opus X bands underneath of them. And I would just do like I did a beautiful one. It was uh, I used a white synthetic body and then I did an Atabay on it. So it looked Dude, like yeah. the Atabay box. It was so nice. Oh, it was wow. gorgeous. And it actually went down to Cuba to the owner of Ad- like the rep commissioned me to make it. So I was making these nice pins and um, someone's like, hey, man, you should go out and start re- like trying to promote your pins at all the lounges around here. Long story short, um, I found myself in Sanford, which is a town just north of here. Right. And I'm talking with this guy about, you know, seeing if I can maybe get a, you know, make up one of his business pins with his band on. And he's like, we're talking. He's like, you know, I heard there's a manufacturer in Longwood. I'm like, horse shit. Like, there's no way. I've been in Longwood. I was I born know. in Longwood. I've I been know. here for 40 freaking years. <laughs> there's no manufacturer. He's like, no, nah, bro. He's like, you got to go, just go up Ronald Reagan Boulevard and it's somewhere near the historic district. I'm like, dude, I own a house in the historic district. I know there's no, there, there was no lounge at the time. There was nothing. Well, he said it. And I was like, you know what? It's time to start looking. And I hunted this area for probably like two days. Like anytime I was passing through, I was looking and I finally found our, our previous location was, you know, in a, in a plaza area. And like one whole side had just bales of tobacco and the other side was like their office area. And I, you know, so finally I'm going by and I just see like these silhouettes of cigars, like up on the glass windows. And like, I'm like, son of a bitch. There is one. <laughs> there is one. So I walk in and I meet my boss. Uh, his name's Chris Frias. Like I walk in and he comes rolling out with like some boat slippers and his gangster swagger. He's like, how you doing? Like his Guido necklace. <laughs> Dude, he comes with that background music. That's, that's, Chris. that's exactly. how I met. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly you met. And he's just like, how you doing? You know, and I was just like. I like this guy. So we just started smoking cigars and BS. And I remember he actually gave me one of these Royales and right off the bat, like I lit it up. And the first puff was like a retro hill. Like I did like three of them. Cause for me, that's like fresh palate. I want to know that hit. And, um, he's like, dang you gangster something like that. He just kind of said something in passing and he's like, let me get your number. So we just, we, we, you know, kind of coordinated like, Hey, when are you going to be in a shop? Cause I need to pick up more cigars. So I started buying directly from them. Like, screw any of the lounges like i was because we're licensed here to sell wholesale and retail so we can we're oh they nice. can do both you could walk in and buy here so i started doing that and um i don't know i was chilling at my house one day and chris calls me up because i'd been trying to get into this lounge that i heard was opening which is our now our lounge i didn't know the like how everything was it turns out everybody knows everybody you know so um not our lounge it's our friends that own the lounge sorry but it's it's all one big family right um and he's like, he's like, man, you don't want to do retail. He's like, you want to come sell cigars for me? And I'm like, I'd, bro, I've never, I mean, I've sold retail. He's like, he's like, come with me. I'm like, all right. So literally he had never had a sales rep. I'd never been in this position. And uh, we just went for it. Like we came in both, not green. Cause he's, I mean, he'd already acquired some big names in the industry being his regular old self with his swagger. But we came in, we had no idea what we we're doing. We we're staring at each other and we're like, all right. So I just, I literally went, I, I'd pull up a city and hit Google and I would just hit every single lounge and just call details, what they want. And through time, like I've learned to do cover letters. We learned to do stuff like we, we literally have grown together in the last eight months and it's just been like trial by fire, absolutely trial by fire. And, uh, but it's been awesome, you know, uh, to see the growth as exponential as it has grown so fast. Um, and then like Donovan over here, like I worked with him and he was my absolute most favorite, like fellow coworker. Aww, he's always babe. humble. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> and, uh, no, but seriously, like he's witty. He's a smart ass like me. We can go back and forth with dick jokes all day long and keep him running. <laughs> I will literally, and Ed was our other sales God associate over here. I'm I'm literally trying to close a deal for like twenty five thousand oh dollars worth of cigars the other day, 
And on my dry erase board in front of me is getting drawn this huge veiny cock. It's hard to concentrate when they're drawing dick pictures and you're just like, yeah, so what was that blend you're wanting again? Like we're trying to have this civil conversation and there's just flying penises going by. And so that's my work environment for the most part. Right. It's funny. Normally when I, when I have people on in the industry, it's very, I don't want to say it's uptight, but it is very buttoned up. It's very, this is mm-hmm. business. And that's what we're going to do. And when I walked in today, I want to kind of give our listeners a, a, a little insight into it. You looked at me and you're like, so do I have to fucking censor myself or what? Because we swear <laughs> like sailors. Like, are you going to edit this shit? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't, that's not how I do shit. Because right. <laughs> I swear like sailors too. So you guys, it's very laid back. Hmm? It's a very, I don't want to say it's casual because it's business, but you get business done, but you're yourself. And I think that's, yeah. I think that's important. I, I don't like, I don't like the concept of fakeness or facades. And there's really a lot shows, of those. Really Ain't nobody got time for that. Through the phone and everything. Yeah. When you're making deals. It's like, like you told me, like it, uh, you resonate with their personality if you're mm-hmm. being genuine. It's not like a cookie cutter personality that's like, 50% for everybody. It's like you're 100% not for everybody, but you know, it's right. those ones that matter. So you've worked retail, you've worked retail. I was yeah. retail management for 20 plus years. I'm I, sorry. I, right? I know yeah. that game too. And it is a lot of getting to know somebody and kind of feeling them out and seeing what they're all about. And then once you click with them, right, that's when you can go. Yeah. So you've been doing this for how long now in the industry? Oh, God. Let's see. It's been forever, like eight months. Eight months. Eight months I've been in this position. And you but guys are rocking and rolling. Hell yeah. That's Dude, awesome. In eight months, I've started two online businesses with my business partner. I'm doing the sales rep stuff. We bought a printing company. Uh, you know, like that actually does a cigar band. So like cigarband.com. Like it's it, like we have people coming from all over the world now actually coming and finding us not just through mj so like it's it's blowing up it's it's very cool uh because you you reached out to me on instagram and mm-hmm. you were like hey you want to review this so i've got the 770 bbc which that mm-hmm. stands for exactly yes it what does. you think it stands for Ooh, yeah the big black cock it is a seven by 70 i thought it was a five pack i was telling you i thought mm-hmm. it was a five pack that i bought it comes it's four and i'm like there's only four in here what the mm-hmm. like these cigars are massive i can't wait to smoke them so look for that review. <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> if, you, if they came with taste horrible with like a Magnum. No, I meant yeah. Oh no, but if you just oh right, that would taste uh, like Magnum prophylactic. Yes. Yeah, just have the Magnum on the. I'll think about that funny. for future reference. On the, yeah, that'd be hilarious. Our Magnum patch a pack of lighter uh, matches comes with it. Yes. Oh, dang. <laughs> Put that Good in your thing. <laughs> So you're doing well, even though you brought Donovan on board, because mm-hmm. he was saying earlier he looks like a, a cross between Zach Galifian- Galifianakis and, and a, a homeless Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty descriptive, <laughs> actually. It's pretty right on. It's pretty right on. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so how long have you been been here working with him? How long has it been? Like Working. Four, four months we've been working. Yeah. Like four months, three months. February. Since February, yeah. Three months. Three months-ish. Oh, wow. And that's when you quit? Yeah. Corona. Yeah. How was it? Was it you liked working there? Right. I really did like working there. Some of the people were quite exhausting. Let's be honest. Well, that's but, retail. Yeah, that's, that's retail. retail. But yeah, I really did Not like working so. there. Like genuinely helping people with the experience of smoking a cigar. Not correctly, but like properly at least. You know, pairing it because it's subjective when you smoke it correctly. But like, you know, pairing it with things or like you know how how to uh, you know be on their journey 
with them like hey here's this shepherding somebody when you into come, the hobby exactly because yes. yeah. sometimes they'll, they'll come in or like their buddy their buddy will give them like a cuban or something on a cruise and they turn green because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't really a, a cuban, cuban and they're yeah. smoking like rat hairs or something <laughs> and so now they never want to touch cigars again and it's yeah. like no this is a beautiful experience you can meet all kinds of cool people like try this you know davidoff thousand or like something something small light your profile, your portfolio, mm-hmm. uh, you have something for everybody. So amongst our different businesses, like like the the other businesses, am I allowed to say the business name? I don't, I'm not trying to like do some shameless self-promotion thing. Here. Yeah, say the business right, name. Okay, sorry. It's casasigarclub.com. So basically, we cover anything. Uh, we, I mean, anything from a cigarello up through the BBC. I mean, you name it. The profiles, the sizes, like, and and when we have a manufacturer, they're done all with synthetic molds, so like you don't get the distortion issues. The construction's on point. But as far as flavors and profiles, I mean, you name it from Candela through you know Mexican San Andreas and any size you want. Like, I, I hate to sound so vague, but truly, if you can think it, we can make it or have it made. Like, it's there. the The Casa is more along the lines of it's literally like Casa Cigar Club. Casa being you know Spanish or house. The joke is because my boss and his business, his brother, they have uh, houseblendsdirect.com. And he's like, he's like, you can't have it too close. So ironically, two Spanish guys have house blends direct and the two gringos have Casa Cigar Club, <laughs> which is kind of the joke because we were sitting around one day. We're just like, what the hell are we going to do? So my business partner, just kind of being facetious, he threw it. I was like, fine, we're just going to go with Casa. My boss, the Dominican, he's like, sounds good to me. <laughs> and it has been born, you know, so, That's awesome. um, you know, we got good traction there. Um, but the, the deep South was more like my baby, like my little, I, I definitely love being Southern. Like I said, minus the racist part, like outside of that, like, uh, you know, I've got a uh, deuce and a half. So I've got a Unimog. I've got lifted trucks, lowered trucks. I've got more guns than any sane white person <laughs> should have. I live in a Victorian era house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love Southern, you know, fishing, fishing equipment and guns in every vehicle. You I are own. the quintessential Southern gentleman. I reckon y'all would be right. All right. I wouldn't say quintessential. Gentleman with a question mark. Yes. Right. When I think of Florida, I don't think of the South. But it is. But third, it is. Yes, third yeah. to secede. I'm just going to point that out. Not that that says you're relevant. Third to secede. <laughs> oh Good God. Provided indigo and um, pork. I'm just it was southern. I mean, it well, was. Yeah, it was southern. Yeah, for sure. But you don't, like Florida doesn't have the accent. Like my parents moved to Georgia. To me, Yankees. And they got they got the accent. Yeah. Well, when we think about it, who comes to Florida? Oh, wait, because we don't have all the crazy, you know, like as far as taxes are better than New York. Um, you, as far as inheritance taxes are better. There's a lot of people migrating from the north yeah. to Florida. Yeah. And unfortunately, sure. I mean, that's cool, I guess. You know, and I'm not trying to sound like I dislike anybody from anywhere because I don't. But the, the, the landscape or the topography of our culture is definitely changing. And I think that's kind of unfortunate. Like, I think every culture has its value in its place. But unfortunately, like people love stomping out Southern culture and it really gets my craw. And they do it for just like you said, it's sans racism. Mm -hmm. And that's why they do it, because they they equate Mm -hmm. Southern culture Mm -hmm. with racism. Instead of butter. And I'm just like, I'm just bless your heart. (laughs) Instead of butter, biscuits and gravy, like high cholesterol, clogged (laughs) arteries. All the good things. All the good stuff. It's now deep fried butter. Like who doesn't like deep fried butter? I don't think I've ever had deep fried. I butter. haven't either, but I've hear it's phenomenal. <laughs> it sounds like it's like oh deep fried God. bacon. How could it be bad? Seriously, <laughs> they actually like I, I've heard of fair. I've seen some friends who went to fairs, and it was like, yeah, they had this thing called deep fried butter, and I'm like, well, that sounds like a freaking. Heart I think attack. so. I'm from Iowa. I'm fairly confident the Iowa State Fair has 
deep fried butter. Mm. Oh I think that's God. a thing. They always have butter sculptures and bullshit. I, yeah. yeah, whatever. All right. So let's talk about uh, Deep South Cigars. So okay. let's let's talk about from seed to shelf, right? Okay. So where are where where's it grown? A Nicaraguan. It's Nicaraguan and Dominican Prime. And we do have some Puros, but most of it's it's a mix of the two. Just because like those two, I mean, the, you know, we are like we are the company, but like we still work with the manufacturer I work for. I mean, it's just a reality. Like like I'm here. Like I'll be like, hey, boss, let's come out with a new blend. Hey, boss, let's do this. This is my concept. Let's do this. And he's like, OK, 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 OK. So like I'm I'm super blessed in the fact that like I get to have an idea. I sketch it out. And I hand it to my boss and he goes, all right, it'll be in. And that's it. Like, there's none of this BS. Or I can go, hey, I really like this cigar, but what if we tweak it a little bit? And he's just like, play on player. And he walks off. And next thing I know, there's samples show up. I mean, the first like month that I was working here, like I like to smoke a pipe as well. And I'm sorry. A pipe. Like, you know, I, I, no, I know. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a bit. I'm not a pipe guy. Yeah, I got you. I would rather have. And I, I think I've said this before on the podcast. All of my uh, like the ritual, I, I want that on the f- on the the front end where you're curating and you're you're messing with the humidity and how you right. your collection and how you keep them. Yeah. I'd rather have all of that. I don't want to sit there and break up tobacco. When I want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I want to cut you. it, light it and relax and not That's fair. So I'm not a big pipe guy, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, you want all the all the babying to be done while taking care of them, not while you're trying to enjoy it. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That that is valid. I mean I smoke a pipe more in the winter. That makes, but That's, you live in Florida. Bro, it hit nine degrees three nights in a row. <laughs> Look, oh nine degrees God. is nine degrees. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look, I, it was negative 30 for a while where I live. Well, you know what? The Move wind to Florida hurt. like everybody else. <laughs> the wind hurt my face. Well, Why sorry. do I live in a place where the wind hurts my face? Because you're a masochist? Apparently. Okay. Apparently. we want. Look, my wife's a huge Disney file. She wants to move here. So just move here like oh, everybody fine. else. Yeah, no thanks. But, uh, where I was going to go with this is I like it, but it is cumbersome. Like, um, I do, I do pottery as well. So like, there's a lot of times I want to, I can sit a cigar down and work a pipe. You know, there's, it's just not, um, convenient for being physically active while smoking. Right. At least I find. So, uh, I went to my boss. I'm like, yo, I want to do some flavored cigars, but I want to try pipe tobacco. So they're like a Fuma long fill. And then we put the pipe tobacco on the insides of them. They were phenomenal. Absolutely. So you get that sweetness of smoking a pipe, but you're still smoking a premium cigar. That's awesome. Oh, they were so amazing. The only problem is the pipe tobacco costs so much here in the U.S. And then it wasn't it wasn't cost effective. So I got like this limited run of cigars that were done with like nice, good quality pipe tobacco in them, you know, uh, and it was it was absolutely phenomenal. So I would like to bring that into the equation. But I hear the uh, what is it? The uh, FDA is now talking about banning yeah. flavored cigars. Yeah. Communists. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh they're going God. after menthol cigarettes because they say it's disproportionately affecting the African-American community. That was what they listed. That's under. what they listed it as. Yeah. Wow. So they're going to throw pipe to uh, Sorry. They're going to throw flavored cigars in there. Flavored as well. cigars. Yeah. Like any under like, the same category. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Now, whether that sticks or not. Mm-hmm. Like it just they've said they don't want to come after the premium cigar industry. Yeah. That's what they've said. Yeah. Right. So we'll see if that if that holds. Are you worried about that? About the FDA at all, or you just do your thing and let them figure it out? Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't want to say no comment to that because, like, I do have some concern on some aspects. But in the other one, look, human beings have an amazing way of getting over hurdles and continuing to exist. You know what? You build a good mousetrap, they say you make a better mouse. So, like, yep. fuck them. Like, they're the FDA. And what pisses me off is there are people that act like they're these 
these authorities that have descended down from on heaven <laughs> yeah. to say, oh, you know what? You're too stupid. Let me worry about your health. It's like, oh, you're going to get mad about that because what? One out of 100,000 kids might smoke a flavored cigar they steal from their father or grandfather like I did. But yeah, you have you have a you, you have a Coca-Cola machine in every in, in every, every school. school yep. And we already know obesity kills people far greater. I mean, look at mm-hmm. it. Neither one of us is showing a six pack. No, like none we're of us a living are. example. Six pack of jelly rolls. Exactly. Like my six packs. <laughs> hidden under the keg like like it is it is it is a it is a joke to think that they really care about people's health no it's just it's a way to control absolutely and that's all it is it's all it's all any of these things are it's just a power grab yep you know i mean if i had the actual ability to look him in the eyes like mm, I, I, mm. I it's frustrating isn't it it really is because it's this this arrogance of superiority that's it's really what exactly it boils down to. You're too stupid to know, so we're going to worry for you. I mean, it is the same concept of like the SJW stuff going on. Like, oh, those those group of people aren't smart enough to be offended. So because I'm this way, I'm going to be offended for you because you're too yeah. dumb. Really? Maybe I'm just not as sensitive as you are. Maybe what I think, how you feel is, is stupid. Like, oh, just the, the arrogance. It, let's talk. I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that road because I'm I'm with you. I'm in the same lane as you are on that road. But that road leads to a lot of uh, yeah. of anger for I, no reason. I studied poli sci in college for a while, and I got so mad at the end of every class. Like I would like, I, I can't legally say what I would want to do, but like it would make me want to cry. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was myself and a couple other gentlemen who had served in the military, and we were front front of the class, front you know. Dress right, dress right in the front, closest to information. And I remember the first day of the class, this uh, our teacher comes in. It was an American government class. He walks in, puts his hands on his waist. He goes, I'm a socialist and an institutionalist. And if you don't like that, you're not going to get a good grade in here. Yep. Needless to say, the three of us didn't get the great best grades. And we argued every single class. But towards the end of the semester, myself and one of these gentlemen, um, we were talking about the concept of like when you, you swear an oath to defend the Constitution. And I was like, but you know what? The problem is we are in a higher education. Like this is in college, right? And he's going on. We're going on about it. He's like, well, you know, he's like, people know their rights. I was like, let's make a gentleman's bet. And we actually went down to like the mezzanine area, like where everybody's hanging out and like doing whatever dumb stuff it is college kids do. Because we're all a little bit older at this point. We're in our 30s. Right. Early 30s. And uh, I went around. I interviewed eight random people. And I chose from different, different, two of the different sexes and different races. I had out of 18 people interviewed, I had one person kind of go, uh, the First Amendment means you can, you know, like print newspapers. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what about the other parts of it? Nobody knew anything. And this isn't a college setting. Yeah. And I'm just like. They don't, th- they don't teach that stuff. It's easier to control if they don't know. Ignorant sheep are always easier to control. Yep. Absolutely. What about so, the, the financial, like the, the Rockefellers and everyone uh, taking out financial literacy? Mm-hmm. That's evil. That's so evil because right like two years ago I had to ask to use the bathroom and now I have to do my taxes. Like what? Yeah. And you don't yeah. even teach me how. Right. At least like I'm not saying like, oh, here's here's the little loopholes and secrets, but at least teach me how. There's no class ta- on how to balance a checkbook. There's, Compounding interest. Yeah. No. Compound but, interest. Yeah. There's my, none of that. My you have to go are, digging for that information. Yeah. My daughters are 11 and 14 and I currently have them reading a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. And I mean, this talks about the very thing. I didn't learn about it until I was in my late 30s. Like, I didn't even know the book exists. It's like, why is this not mandatory that's not, in schools? That's what they want. Compounding interest. Like, ugh, 
Well, college as a whole, I mean, now that we're we're down this rabbit hole, college as a whole, I feel, is kind of a pyramid scheme anyway, yeah. set up by the government. What do you think? And you now it's all bankruptcy on the fucking- And now it's going to- yeah. Well, yeah, but now it's going to collapse because of that, and yeah. they're going to have to start forgiving loans across the board. Yeah. College shouldn't be nearly as expensive as it is. Because they need to buy those big flashy buildings while they've proven the quality of education hasn't gone up at all. When you go to a college and you have to spend $1,000 on a, on two or three books uh-huh. for one class, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And they changed three words in like the fifth chapter on one paragraph, so you have to get it. Trust me. Yep. Yeah, I get you. It's ridiculous. I feel it's ridiculous. Pick up what you're laying down. Let's it's talk about the creative process because you seem yeah. like a very creative guy, and there's a lot of definitely uh, autistic. I mean, artistic. <laughs> when, when uh, people who come up with cigars, right? People, yeah. it's an art. You're right. It it is a creative outlet. Talk about your creative process. Like, what is it? What does that look like for you? Oh uh, wow. Um, do you mean like the compositions, or do you mean like what's the branding coming off as, or how do we market? I All mean, of the above. Let's let's start with okay. When you ha- have a concept, what is that like? How do you come up with the concept for a new cigar, and then from there, what does that look like? How do I come up with a concept for a new cigar? Um, a lot of times, honestly, I will I'll come up with the marketing aspect of it before the cigar, and I'll find a cigar that fits it, like the the BBC we were speaking about. That was a byproduct of us hanging out at the lounge and somebody was smoking like a 660 that was done in an Oscuro. Like, you know, the Dominican, how they dye them, they're darker. Like the Ligas, like they kind of have that oily sheen to them. Right. They're smoking one of those. And I'm like, dude, it looks like you're sucking on a black cock. (laughs) So everybody laughs and jokes. And I'm like, you know, light bulb. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I am going to like, literally, I was, you know, everybody choking. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come out with a cigar called the BBC. Everybody looks at me like it would never take off. Ha ha ha. You're full of shit. And I'm like, all right, fuckers, challenge accepted. Like you tell me I can't do something. It's going to go down like that. That's all it takes. <laughs> at, fortunately, at the time, the gentleman that MJ Frias works with, it manufactures the bands. Uh, he and I, we run a, you know, name to name basis. So I did a loose sketch. You know, I wanted this big black cock on the, the center portion of the ring and BBC flanked on the side. And he <laughs> chuckles and he's like, all right, man. One week later, because he had that fast of a turnaround time, you know, I get my printed bands. I got like a thousand of them for the first run. And, uh, you know, so we band some of them up. We bring them into the very same shop that I was told it wouldn't work. And I sold uh, like three quarters of a box the first night. And he's like, son of a bitch. The shop owner's like, son of a bitch. He's like, I guess people do like them. So everybody wants a BBC. Everybody does, right? So, um, oh my God. And that was when they were 660s. So I was like, you know what? There's some traction here. Let's, let's do. Yeah, that was during the winter months. Yeah. Right. And then summer yeah, came around and they turned into 770s. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even think about that. So, um, but yeah, we, we'd done it that way. And, um, well, I there's shrinkage and when you're, when it's cold outside, there's, yeah, shrinkage. there's shrinkage. That's the yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we got you. Okay. I just want to make I sure. I mean, I know you're from, where are you from again? Oh, Iowa. I, huh? Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. I'm sure you know about yeah. the cold 30 degrees below. 30. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Do you pee in the snow? I mean, or does it just, go no, on? it freezes. That would be amazing. Oh, God. Like yard art. <laughs> See, I, I, st- I literally have a house. I walk outside to pee in my yard probably 80% of the time just because it's like being back on the farm. I hate peeing in the house. <laughs> literally. Like people, people go by and I'm just waving. are just like, oh my God. My neighbors, <laughs> they just know. Like open a truck door and you stand behind a truck door. Like I got my 74 F100. I, I think I use that more than actually going into my bathroom. <laughs> there is something almost cathartic about peeing outside. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I hate about leaving the farm. Like my family sold our farm about four years ago. And it's like, I want to be able to go outside, pee in my yard, shoot a gun in the air. And my neighbors just wave at best because they want to make sure everything's okay. 
You know, I had the cops called on me because I was shooting my recurve in my yard. Cops show up. They're like, oh, you can't do this. I'm like, it's my property. Like, you can't shoot a bow and arrow in the in the city, the center of the historic district. I'm like, whatever, commie. Have a good day. <laughs> Have a good day. Yeah. But uh, anyways, I digress. Let's go back to where we were. Where were we? Creative Somebody, process. Creative process. That's honestly, that's how it is. You know, like, like. <laughs> I love that. I was loved, a good, that was a good loop. Callback. <laughs> that was great. You know, you know it kind of goes by I mean, quite literally. There's just lots of things from being like just life in general. I pull from um, the BBC. It was somebody saying I couldn't do it. It was calling it my buddy. And out of that, you know, he shows up at the bands and he's like, hey, he's like, um, I'm retiring. He goes, you want to buy my band printing company? Now, me kind of wanting my own little security and all of this thing, I didn't tell anybody at first. Like, we got everything ironed out and we bought the, I mean, because the company just manufactures like the, the coverings for the boxes. Like, if you want to do like, you know, the, the, like not like a wood box, you can do it, but like the cardboard, like almost yeah, like yeah. a Fuente box, as with the pretty designs. Yep. But our main thing is we, we do bands and we do bands well and we do them in like a week. Where the average turnaround is almost eight weeks out for most people. That's that's the graphic design side, producted, pr- produced, and shipped like a seven day window, and wow. that is a fast turnaround. That is a fast turnaround, and and that's our thing. So and and the nice thing is like we're like, hey, bro, if you got an idea, we'll do. It. Like we're actually working with a gentleman right now. Uh, he's out of Hungary, and we're trying to get an exclusive rights to do metal bands. They're one millimeter embossed pewter bands. Ooh. I ain't seen anybody else do it. No. That. So we're, we're, we're finalizing that, like that, uh, partnership with him. So we're just trying to stand out because we know there's some bigger manufacturers in the area and you know what? We can't go around cutting everybody's throats at like one cent per band. It's just not going to happen, but right. everybody has their niche, but we are like, Hey, if it's, if it's funny or it's catchy, let's try it. Like, we don't care. Like you got an idea. We'll do it. I don't care. You want to put BBCs and Magnums and tie knots in them and send them and somebody buy them. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, it, He's got to be fun to work for. Donald. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is he like this all the time? Unfortunately. Where he starts a line <laughs> of thought and then you yeah. go down that rabbit hole and then you loop back to what it was. I that was ADD. a great callback, though. That callback you did was say great. I told you I have it. <laughs> Which it's is a superpower, bro. It is. But creative people are like that. Yes. Yeah. You, you are very, you're focused on one thing, but you're also focused on 18 other different, you yes. know, and then you'll come back to this and you'll just kind of go down the line and. Mm-hmm. Back and forth. Does that get annoying for you? Oh, I love it. I actually have a wall in my house and it's just drawings, sketches and concepts of artwork or whatever it is or, or ideas. I keep I keep my pen on me and a notepad. And if I have an idea, I have to write it down now because it might be gone in eight seconds and it literally won't return. I'll go back and I'll look back through my little catalog, my little moleskin I carry in my back pocket. And I'm like, this is a phenomenal idea. And I'm like, wait, this is my idea. I just completely <laughs> forgot I thought of it. And it might have been eight months prior I'll actually go through some of my old stuff and I'll look at them. And I'm like, this is cool. This is wow. I really thought of that. Like, and so then I'll, I'll pull it back out and then all of a sudden something new and creative launches. And I'd forgotten about it for eight months. I'm surprised that no one has kind of fought the FDA on some of this stuff on a first amendment level, because it is a, an art from, from the cigar itself to the box, to the band. It's all art. It is a creative yeah. outlet. It is a, it, 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 it's a, an extension of the creator. Yes, it is. So from a First Amendment point of view, I don't think they'll ever be able to put like they do in Canada and Australia where they're like, nope, no bands. You got to cover up the box. None of that. They do that there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's a reason I don't pay attention to them. Right. But I'm just surprised that nobody has fought the FDA on with that talking point yet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because this is different than than like a cigarette. 
for instance, Cohiba, like the word Cohiba, that means smoking circle. So, I mean, that that right there, that's really how you're supposed to enjoy a cigar. Really, that's why they sell them in boxes, so you can buy right. them for a group of people. For a group of people, absolutely. And then you enjoy, you know, two cigars, a person, a group of five, and, and, you know, it's time well spent with your group of with people. Friends, with friends, with family. With friends, yeah. That's what really is. it's all about. Um, and then that actually, there's a little, there's a little uh, Easter egg in Atabe. Uh, Oliver told me this is really cool. So Atabe is the god of fertility, right? Right. So Cohiba is the smoking circle. Behike, you know the Cohiba mm-hmm. Behike. So that name Behike, that is the name of the shaman that is communicating with the god of fertility during that whole ceremony, oh, wow. which is Atabe. So it was wow. like a little little Easter egg in there, and you you can see the similarities between the little bands and everything. That that, that is, I never yeah, knew that. It's that's really cool. cool. It's really cool. That's really so. You learned a lot of that kind of stuff as yeah. a as a rep, or yeah. as, what's it like being a rep? It's pretty. It's pretty wild on this side of the industry hmm. to see to see the 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 difference on not only the prices, obviously, but like really how easy it is to talk to these people. To the people that are supposedly, you know, as mm. as a person that's on the floor shopping for a cigar, you see, you know, you're like, oh, my God, Fuente or like he's going to be at this place. or And I'm not saying that they're not anybody, but like I had a conversation with what's her name? I think with the sister. I had a conversation with her in, in the Tampa lounge. Didn't even know it was her. Had yeah. a conversation with her about food that lasted about two hours with Tanya, Jeff's wife. And like we were all laughing and, and joking and I didn't even know it was her. They told me uh-huh. after the fact. I was like, this is awesome. A lot of people, but we. this goes back to what cigars were meant to be, which is, you know, something to be, it's a communal experience. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be. Yeah. It yeah. is a very, you get to meet people and you talk. You said it's a, it's pretty much, it's a great equalizer. It is. It is the, it is a, it, really it truly is. is the greatest equalizer I've ever seen. I, because, you know, money divides. I mean, we all want to have more of it, but, you know, beside the point. But the cigar, the cigar is that one thing where everybody has to sit down, chill out, and talk. I mean, I have found more phenomenal business opportunities. I've met great friends now, and it's all always been over a cigar. So we might not be worshiping a fertility goddess, but we are still doing the same thing. The same thing that they later. were. Yep. Yeah. Just, just enjoying life and smoking something that tastes great and sharing community. Because you and I might be having this conversation, but thirty seconds before you step out the door, you might say that one thing that resonates the rest of my life. Probably not. Probably it's still possibility. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and that's the great thing. And like, once you kind of get over on this side as a, as a sales rep and you get to see this side of the business, like a lot of the mysticism is gone. Like, you know, yeah, like I'll, I'll go to a lounge now and I'll be looking at it differently. I'll be like, Oh wow. Interesting choice. They chose this die cut instead of that die cut. <laughs> or yeah. like, you know, like, Oh, they couldn't afford to do a box of 10. So they did a box of eight. Huh. huh but it yeah. looks cool. You know what I mean? And it's like the different frames and everything just yeah. on this side, you know, that information. So it's not that it doesn't work. It still works, which is funny because like the markup is ridiculous on cigars. Everybody yeah. knows it. dude. And we- then I'll still fanboy about it. Cause it's really just a frame. Like the, I said this on uh, Alex's podcast, the Elwood Wednesday from Foundation, the Lancero. Uh-huh. I bought it still at, at 14, 15 bucks, knowing damn well that is probably way cheaper. Way but that's cheaper. not the point. It's Cheap like, up. yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah. That's, that's the, that's what's crazy about it. It just still makes me laugh that I'm on this side of the industry. And it's like, but this is what I try to explain to my wife and I try to explain to people who aren't in the hobby. Right. Is that 
you're not paying for the just the cigar. You're paying for the experience. You're mm-hmm. paying for the, the time you're spending smoking it, whether it's by yourself and just being reflective and introspective or you're with other people and you're being, you know, uh, an extrovert and you're you're talking and you're you're communing and you're you're petting your your sales rep, like whatever, whatever it takes. Good boy. God damn it. <laughs> what do you want people to know about Deep South Cigars before we kind of dive into the industry and how incestuous it is and all of, all of those things? What do you want people to know about Deep South Cigars? Wow, that you know nobody's ever asked me that question. I mean, the reality is, like I said, I just want to, I wanted, I want to, and I am. I'm generating a brand that is just hopefully representative of Southern culture in a lot of ways. Cause like the, there will be more products come out that are just hinting or giving a nod to Southern culture, little anomalies, things that I think are uniquely Southern. I mean, let's be honest, we're not growing a lot of tobacco in the South anymore. So all these cigars are coming from other regions and cigars are like 80% branding. I will also point out though, that like some of our lines, like we're doing one called well digger and the vast majority of the profit margins are going to have wells dug in, in at need areas in the world. Oh, that's awesome. For people, so they're not dying of simple things yeah. like, you know, unclean water. That's awesome. So like, and the thing is, it doesn't, people always picture like, oh, when you think of people in need, you think of somebody that's usually traditionally a lot darker than you and somewhere over there. Over there could be Haiti or Africa or, you know, down in the Caribbean. But the reality is, I mean, there's parts of the U.S. that, you know, the, the WHOs come into I think it was Arkansas, maybe. And they're like, you know what? These are third world conditions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I didn't want to make it specifically locked into anywhere geographically, but definitely like we're trying to do good stuff with our profit margins. Am I going to say we're not keeping any? No, but I'm going to say it's definitely more than like, you know, a nickel out of every dollar profits going to some. No, we're legitimately trying to help people here. Yeah. And I, I think that does in some ways go back to the Southern culture because like, you know, you would help your neighbors. Still to this day, I mean, my, my my buddy calls me up. He's like, "Hey, I got my truck stuck. It's three in the morning. It's out in the middle of the woods. I'm not gonna be like, sorry about your luck. I'm getting up and I'm gonna go help my buddy. You, you know, like I, I I'm sure that that quality is everywhere. But I, I just don't know, know it to be here when it's thirty degrees below outside. You might just have to wait until tomorrow when it's zero. <laughs> I got you. Right. Well, well, we don't have to worry about that no, here. You, as you pointed out, <laughs> there's no snow to contend no. with or frozen anything. It's so. funny driving through and I see uh, signs on the road that say uh, bridges will ice before the road does. I'm like, when the fuck does it ice down here? Mm-hmm. It does. Most yeah. certainly does. I don't believe you. It's okay. You don't have to. I don't believe you. But, but uh, Southern hospitality is a thing. Yes, it is. Um, and, and so that it goes right into that. It's just part of Southern culture. It is. Absolutely. And um, I think there's a lot of beauty in the South that people are trying to eradicate, be it and not, be it that they just, again, like we touched on it earlier, like they everything that people associate with Southern is they always associate racism. And I'm like, there's so much beauty in the South. And I'm trying to maybe draw some attention to that with some folklore that I'm going to use in the illustrations or part of the band work that will be incorporated into it with it as well. Um, part of the reason I wanted to do it is I really my long term goal is I want to own a bunch of lounges. So more than anything, I want to have some cool ass lounges that are themed very Southern, you know, very rustic aesthetics. You know, maybe some some weird tax like a Cracker Barrel for cigars. Yeah, kind of a mix, like a mix of <laughs> that exactly with like the main entrance of Bass Pro Shops, <laughs> like that gorgeous tin work, like yeah. something with that aesthetic that just is more laid back. And I know in this area, a lot of it is more Spanish themed. Like there's definitely more Latin themed to most of the lounges, and that's fine. Like the Latins are making the cigars, but you know what? The South can have some of their own Southern esque feel lounges. Um, 
And I just, I want, that's my long-term goal. Like that, that's what our goal is. And, and at the end of the day, like my business partner, and I both have that same idea, but this is kind of my pet project. Like we've got our other lines. Like we have one we're going to launch. It's called Stillwell. And that's, turns out like my great, great, my great uncle, his name was Vinegar Joe Stillwell. So he was, you know, you've, you've heard of Patton and all these other guys during World War II. Vinegar Still, Joe? Yes, my great uncle. Wow. So... <laughs> So you know vinegar, vinegar Joe Stillwell? No, it's just vinegar. I've well, never he was heard very somebody... caustic. Uh, okay. Joseph Stillwell was his name. So he was a four-star general in China, Burma, and India. He was in charge of them during World War II, repelling the Japanese. Oh, wow. So like, I'm trying to launch that. I'm, I would love to get into the Asian market because that's a that's a common i mean he literally kept the japanese from conquering them like i'm trying to use that as, as a marketing thing but like everybody knows it's like hard to get your cigars into china so i got all these little pet projects but the deep south that's the thing that like really i wanted to do it because i have two daughters they're 11 and 14 and i wanted to have them give, give them some stability because I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that I had kids, I mean, the reality is I'd have my deuce and a half with a camper on the back converted into a micro home and I'd be up in the woods just fishing and hunting oh, right. and smoking yeah. cigars. Like I'm doing this because I want to leave hands at the end of every sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave up dipping a long time ago, but I mean, the reality is I would be that recluse, you know, putting trot lines out and just enjoying life. I, most men would, though. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, like we, we make these little things. We're responsible to make sure that they do the best that they can. And for me, I'm like, you know what? My girls have never seen me without a beard and they know daddy smokes cigars. Every picture my daughters have ever drawn, it's dad with this big ass beard and a cigar. So, like, that's how they associate that. And, like, they love riding my old F100. So, like, there's I know what they like. And I'm trying to leave them something that they'll enjoy because I want to like raise these little girls that are financially and emotionally stable enough that they can choose somebody, not feel they need somebody to exist. And right. unfortunately, I think a lot of females fall into that line. And I don't want that for my daughters. I would agree with that. I have a I have a four year old and it's the same thing. Like, I yeah. don't want her to be dependent on somebody else. I want her to be self-reliant, yes. self-sufficient mm -hmm. and grow up knowing she could do whatever the hell she wants. Exactly. I mean, when we lived on the farm, I when my, my eldest, she's 14 now, by the time she was five, I'd put her on a set of tracks or deers or something in our back pasture. Kid was tracking deer, you know, when she before she started kindergarten. And I think she got her first gun when she was like two or three, like a little 22 bolt action rifle. Like they, they fish, they hunt, you know, they're, they're itty bitties. I mean, now they're growing up. My eldest is now like five, eight. She's almost staring me in the eyes <laughs> and she's, she's too cool now to hang out with me, but it's still there. You know, like right. if I'm like, Hey, we're going to go mudding or we're going to go off-roading right to the truck, you yeah. know, like, let's go. Yeah, I'm know. down. Let's go. Exactly. My 11 year old, I actually, uh, we were out on a trail recently and, um, it was a forerunner. Like, you know, I just got like, it's a little bit lifted, but, uh, I'm like, I stopped the truck. And she's like, what are we doing? I'm like, get in a driver's seat. And she's like, what? <laughs> I made her drive and she was apprehensive at first. It was automatic. So it's basically like the go-karts they grew up with. I explained right. that. And by the time we got half a mile down the trail, next thing you know, the kids doing like 25, 30 miles an hour down the trails, like going over whoop de doos I'm like, all right, I guess you're having fun. She's like, yeah. I'm like, you're having fun. <laughs> I got a video of it. Like, she's like, this is awesome. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. So why made you do it? I'm sure now every time we get in it, she's going to want to drive. Oh, for sure. 100%. So, You've you created that monster. Oh, it's beautiful. It is. It, it absolutely is. is. So family is very important to you. And you yeah. kind of, you bring that to the business side too. Yeah. Because you've surrounded yourself with people like Donovan. It's like my retarded little brother. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you've surrounded yourself with people that you love, that you enjoy being around, and you've created a family here. Yes, absolutely. Like you were, you were in introducing me to everybody here in the warehouse, and you right. were like, "This kid's got a great worth ethic," and this guy's from Nigeria, and like you know their backgrounds, you know where they're from, you know what they do. It is a family here. 
course it is. If, the, we do, if you don't have family, what, what, what the fuck's the point in all of this? Bingo. Yeah. Have you seen any Fast and the Furious movie? No. No, I haven't, as a matter of fact. You it's about family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. That that's a, a, that that's a pretty good Vin Diesel. Yeah, that's thanks. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen the first two, and then I was like, they're no, just they're cars all, they're doing. All overhead, they're grow all eight terrible. inches and get cut, and you're good. They're all terrible movies. Get rid of the jelly rolls. and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the cigar industry as a whole. It's mm-hmm. pretty incestuous, which is kind of like the dirty little secret. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of deals with everybody else. And I was telling you beforehand. Saying so, put your sister to the test. What are we getting at? No, not that. Okay. Somebody, somebody. I'm not uh, that much Southern. I'm just saying. Somebody in the uh, in the in the industry told me that it's uh, it's like a the the industry is like a poker table in the old west. Mm-hmm. You've got everybody above the table shaking hands, drinking, laughing, having a good time. But under the table, the guns are drawn. Mm-hmm. It is very cutthroat. Right. Like how do you how do you navigate that as a creator? And then Donovan. How do you navigate that as a rep? Because I know reps can be just as backstabbing mm-hmm. as the guys that they work for sometimes. Well, I I try to. <laughs> you you kind of have to gauge it based on past experiences, you know. And it's not like you're using a cookie cutter kind of thing, but you you can you can tell when an individual is not you know reciprocating your energy, especially if it's over the phone, uh, not as much. But especially when it's in person, you know, you, you can definitely tell if that's being reciprocated or not. That's very important, at least for me, when it comes to business, you know, and that's like, uh, I don't know if you remember, Jeremy, the guy that was from Dubai, that he was like, he was like preparing us for a business proposal in Dubai. And he's like, they have to like you. Mm-hmm. They have to like you first. Yes. It's not about the money. They can do business with anyone else. They have to like you first. That's true. And that's very true. And it's funny because that's how I am. That's and that's I think that's how it should be, really. Yeah, you're selling yourself before you sell the product. Exactly. Yeah. I th- I'd say more than you sell the product, to be honest. I mean, we're sales. Right? I mean, I'm I we, we wear multiple hats. I mean, D's got his own line of product he's coming out with soon as well. So, I mean, really? Like, yeah. Why don't you tell him about rough draft? Oh, yeah. So I want to do it's going to tie into a whole subscription box thing. But basically, rough draft is going to be like a tool. It's really not to make money on it at first. It's going to be more of a tool for cigar lounges to basically gauge what cigar that they want as a uh, as a private label for themselves. So basically, it it ha- it'll have like a little hashtag that's editable, and so you know the the owner when they order the cigars is a little four pack, and it'll have the the most popular sellers. Robustos, it'd be a robusto four pack, yeah. So not little. Uh, Maduro, Cameroon, um, what is it? Uh, Habano and a Candela. Oh, wow. or Connecticut. Candela, I think I'm going to leave out for like another another four pack. But yeah, Candelas are kind of like people either love Candelas mm-hmm. or they hate Candelas. Right. Yeah, we have a really good Candela. I, we That's do love Candela. Yeah, so it's yeah. weird. Like I like Candela and Maduro. That's about it. Yeah. Please, I digress. Go back. Okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, it'd be like an immediate feedback thing. So uh, through Instagram, and each cigar is going to have their own little hashtag, and then the cigar bar can go on those individual hashtags and see what the feedback is, good and bad. So they don't end up wasting money or like time on uh, a whole project that's really not going to go anywhere if their customers are not going to like it. That's so my biggest pet peeve with the cigar industry as a whole is and especially lounges. They don't use social media, I don't think, to their advantage. They really don't. No. Why is that? Uh, I I think mostly is because most of them don't think they need it. Yeah, I was gonna say arrogance, maybe a little bit. Like we've grown at the rate we've grown because we use social media. Because it's like attention is the asset. 
If Absolutely anybody not. ever hears what we're talking about right now, attention is your asset. Good or bad. I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. No, fuck you. Put rockets on it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, that's it. <laughs> and right glitter. There. It stands out even more. Yeah. I fucking hate glitter. <laughs> but I'm just rockets and glitter. <laughs> it's like New cigar the coming world, out. You know? like, exactly. Like, no, seriously. Like it, it is so much. It is attention is the asset. I mean, I, uh, I've bought different vehicles just to go to different lounges because when you roll up, people are like, oh, automatically sets a different mind frame of how that person perceives you it's playing a game i know it's playing a game you know what if it's up to me i'm in a pair of seersucker shorts and barefoot around my house with a black shirt on most of the time like <laughs> yeah. but when i go out you know i'll dress a certain way and i'll actually curtail the way i dress based upon where i'm going i mean that's 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 being a chameleon but i mean the name of the game is you're trying to speak to your audience so who cares right i, I address my speech pattern I'll, or i will adjust my speech pattern based upon who i'm around like we're sales reps. At the end of the day, you want to make that money, but simultaneously, you want to make people feel comfortable too. So there's there's a balance that you have to play between those things. But um, but that's the world of business. Absolutely. I mean, that's just that's how business is done, right? And it's crazy because you have to mix the two. You're right because business period, you kind of have to be a chameleon, right? But the cigar industry, you have to have some sort of like tiny little thing of genuine Donovan or Absolutely. Jeremy or. You know, Ed, because you can kind of fish that out. Like when within two, three phone calls of um, Kingsleaf in South Carolina, I just closed the deal with them. I was on a first name basis and we're cursing every third word. Mm -hmm. I felt really good about the phone call. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I was like, this is cool. I'm, I'm, I'm talking with the owner. I'm talking with the decision maker yeah, yep. and we're chill. It's it, we cut past the hi, this is Donovan blue, with blue, MJ blue. Free cigar. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> there's his business voice yeah, right there. It's yeah. so uh, there's a couple, there's a couple don't hire too well right away. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey guys, this is Donovan. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> it puts them right at ease. Gets them right in the mood. Yeah. 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 No, I get Light that. A candle in no, the office. Absolutely. I mean, I got, and, and that's the cool thing. I mean, and you really do, you really develop some really, really good relationships with some of the clients. I mean, I got guys now, we just talked to BS, you know, I mean, we started out this way, but we'll check in. Like I, I got a, I got a guy, uh, some destination Galveston out in Texas. He was my very first private label contract. I mean, I was green like a week into this and I land my very first, you know, white label, a private label contract. And now, you know, when they had the, the, the big snow, snow thing, everything froze over. I was calling him. Hey, man, how's your family doing? Like, it, so it's it transcends that, and mm -hmm. it does go back to that. It is it is communal base. It's it, you're right. It is incestuous in that concept that everybody knows everybody. But um, and I got a guy. He's in Baltimore, Maryland. It's like Mount Washington cigars. His name's Charlie. He is rough around the edges. He's no bullshit. I mean, he, he literally called me up and he's like, what's up, fucko? You know, like, it's just like, you know, or he'll, when he's mad about something, like say maybe something didn't work out right or it's just something that, you know, maybe instead of it getting in, like a product getting in a private label because like, you know, uh, uh, customs held us up, something, he'll call me up cussing me out and I'll just be like, whoa, calm the fuck down. Like, you know, like we're cool, chill out. Like, so it, it, it gets to a friendship and you you lose mm -hmm. the, the the premises of it just being business, but yeah. you can only do that when you put down that facade too. Right, so you have to build that foundation, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, you got to build the foundation with yeah. somebody and build a relationship, and then they get to know you, you get to know them, and mm -hmm. you get to find out where that line is. Yep. I mean, I'm glad I haven't started getting dick pics from somebody drunk in the middle of the night yet. I'm really hoping it never happens, I'm except maybe Donovan. I was going to say, I'm surprised Donovan <laughs> hasn't sent you any yet. No, I'm thankful he hasn't. I mean, I'll show my BBC, but that's a whole different story. That's a, yeah, that's that's something completely different. That, 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 the BBC gets wrapped, like, and it's not just me. Like, that shit pops up all over the time. Because, like, how many people get to joke about having a BBC in their mouth? Right. 
I can't wait to use it's the hashtag, gift. No hashtag BBC. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to get a whole different set of eyes on that on yes, that Instagram and Facebook post. We were, yeah, we, we actually yeah, which is funny because you can buy it as a gag gift, but and then it ends up actually being a good cigar, and you're like, it, it really is a good smoke, a really good cigar. And, and that's like, now you have thing. to go back and buy a pack of BBC. Exactly, <laughs> and it, see, and that's the whole point. We're laughing about it. Like, who the fuck would ever think something like that would work? And the thing is, we use such good quality tobacco. The son of a bitch actually tastes good. I'm actually rebranding. I mean, it's going to be the BBC, but we're actually redoing all the artwork, changing out the bands oh, really? to make it step up to the quality of the cigar. Like when we went from like, you know, it's an OK 660, the band kind of fit it marketing wise. It worked. But now the cigar's so damn good. It's like, well, now the band makes it look cheap. So we're we're, we're retooling everything. I'll probably dump fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars into new dyes and Jeez. new plates just for this next run that comes out to like so the band fits the quality of the cigar. It, I mean, it really is. And again, like it's going to it's going to be an eternal lo- joke. I mean, like you want to put a BBC in your mouth or what? Like I, I want to I look for the opportunity for somebody to buy one and give it to their buddy to smoke, not know and have a BBC in their mouth. And then say, hey, how, how do you like that BBC in exactly. your mouth? Yeah. Again, <laughs> it sells it's the itself, ever giving yeah. joke. <laughs> do you find yourself doing that a lot with the creative process where you 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 come up with something and then you're retooling it later on because you're like, Oh, this is like, it's better than I thought it was. And this is going to work better. And, um, you know, honestly, I try and foresee all those things. That's impossible. Uh, isn't it? Well, okay. And don't say anything. So like I was a fine arts major. And just don't fucking say anything. Like he picks me. He's like, we get it. We know you went to art school. Like I switched majors, right? And it'll be things that make no sense. And I want to like describe I something that has nothing brick to do with head. art school. And I'll be like, we get it, Jeremy. You went to art school. What I, I was trying to say is in the creative design, you had to sit down and look at color theory, surface text. I mean, you had to think all those variables up. And then you have to go through the, pro- the creative process enough to finally refine it enough to actually make your finished product. You know, if you want to actually graduate or get good grades. So like you would have to go through the creative process over and over and work it through your head, draw them out before you like you'd actually make the product, whatever it was, whatever medium I was working in. So like it it did teach me to like try and think ahead, not just be like, hey, this works and then slap a sticker on it, let it run. (laughs) Like I had to think. So it's helped the learning curve, but there still is always some tweaking and stuff that comes along the way. Um, be, Be whatever it is. Uh. What's the learning curve like for the industry? Because we've said it can be cutthroat at times. Like, how do you find your 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 niche where you're you you fit in um, in the industry? Because it's not it's not easy. All right. Well, I'm going to clarify. In this group, I'm the only white guy. So I kind of joke that I'm the token <laughs> white guy. Like, I just want to get a white a shirt just as a token across my chest. You know, like when we're at a party or something, or with a lounge and a cop show up, they like kick me out the door. Like, you go talk to him. He's less likely to shoot you. You know, like <laughs> so. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting it's, uh, to go back. Sorry, see, the ADD kicked in. What did you just ask me? <laughs> like the learning curve in the, like getting into the yeah, industry, okay. finding your place, because it can be cutthroat. It can be, there's not a seat at the table for you. It's saturated uh, already. Man, nah. Here's the thing. There's three of us sitting here having this interview. If the three of us decided we wanted to start our own cigar business, we just do it. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? We're the new kids on the block. Who gives a fuck? If we have a product that's just as good as somebody else's or better, I don't care. If, if, if anything, this oh, we industry- get it, Jeremy. You went to art school. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> if, see, th- he's going to get smacked upside the head of the brick. One of those bricks that's like 1200 bucks says Supreme on it. Yeah. Now, that's oh, my who, God. That's that, I wouldn't be mad. on going to art school. I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Like, so here's the thing. I would, you would think- 
Cause, and I get it. Everybody wants to, to protect their little fiefdom. You know, nobody wants to lose business to somebody else. But simultaneously, we should be welcoming and embracing new companies because that means the industry's growing. And where there's growth, there's power in numbers. You know, it, I mean, our coins say e pluribus unum for a fucking reason. Yep. Like, dude, like welcome everybody to the table. Now, going back to people throwing shade or having attitudes, you know, I mean, that's unfortunate, but ain't nobody got time for that. I'm not going to I'm not going to fuck with somebody that wants to have an attitude. You don't want you you, you want to have an attitude. Cool. Go have an attitude with somebody else. I got five other people. We've got five other people. We got there's there's enough room at the table. If somebody wants to be a prick, I can just sit at another table. Yeah. And you can sit at another table like those people. I think you sir. those people will get weeded out with time. Like why you want to bring that negative energy? Nothing works well when you when you think like that. When yeah. you go about, it's just negative like energy, that. dude. Yeah. There's 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 a couple of lounges in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places, where the owners know each other. They've known each other since Korea, right? Okay. And they say that a rising tide raises all ships, and that's how they do business. And they always they'll if a rep comes in and wants to sell a new uh, a new line at the shop, they'll call the other shop and say, "Hey, are you guys carrying this? Are you interested in carrying this? No. Do you mind if we carry it? Mm-hmm. No. Cool." And that's how they do business. That's great. But in my state, nobody in the Des Moines area, nobody gets along. They do not. They will not work with any of the other lounges at all. That doesn't make sense to me because this is the one of one of the few industries where you can do collaborations Mm -hmm. with events. So like you can't do a collaboration with an alehouse and a fucking, you know, steak and shake. You can't do a collaboration with a, a a neighborhood pub and another neighborhood pub, but you can totally do it with a cigar bar. Yeah. Even if it's two, three cities away. You know, if it's at a reasonable driving distance, you can even make like a like a cigar bar crawl if, oh, they're, sure. if they're close enough. And that this is one of the few industries that you can do this in. And it really blows my mind how they how every cigar bar is not just friendly with each other. Yeah. They all know each other already. Are Why they not friendly be on good here terms? In, in the Orlando Most area? of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And people, everybody knows everybody. Like, and I don't know. That's that's insane. You'll see owners could. of cigar shops hanging out at other cigar shops. Absolutely. That's the way it should be. Spending right. money, uh, not asking for discounts. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. Now in the Davenport area, which is Eastern Iowa, there's two lounges and they get along great. Mm-hmm. Like the members are, are members of each one and they like the, the owners are members. The, it, it, I'd it's like great. to see how their profit margins are versus the ones who argue with each other. <laughs> I oh my well, God. You know what I'm be saying? Be, yeah. Because like, like we both know that if you know that, like, let's just say we both sit at two different lounges or we, we primarily hang out. We have our main lounge and we have other ones we visit. If we both know that there's some kind of beef with the other one, it makes you it makes you more polarized. That, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Like why you wouldn't embrace that diversity. Yep. Um, I mean, jokingly, we like I, maybe because Florida's a little different um, ethnically. Like there, we're a mixed bag down here of everything. And I don't know what it is up there. I'm assuming a lot of white. Mostly. Mostly white. Like I jokingly say like, I was like, I want to start a club. I'm sure they already exist. It's Bolt. But like like the MCCA, like the Multicultural Cigar Association, because like we'll be sitting and it is like a tapestry of ethnicities. Like at the back of the lounge that we hang out at, it is everybody from every walk of life. We even we even have the occasional like the tranny that shows up in his mini skirt with his wiener almost hanging out. We're just like some of the guys are like, ah, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Like if he wants to smoke cigars and shoot this shit. I'm still going to refer to him as him. He can wear his skirt. I think it's fucking weird. But you know what? At the end of the day, 
who the he's fuck He's probably cares? got a good bar story. Exactly. Probably, exactly. You know? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think Don was trying to get a Hummer off of him, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Let's talk about diversity for just a second, because yeah. when you think about cigars, it's typically oh, it's a, a fat old white guy like me that's smoking a cigar. That's typically what people think Not of. Not down here. But down here, it's different because uh, of all the all of the, the the Cubans that came over and, Latins and the Latin it, right so and they're out breeding us so how how does that how does it work down here is it is it very like there's not that that stereotype of the white old guy smoking a cigar I think this is one of the first states that's going to start making it look cool yeah for Honestly. the younger generation yeah i, I could have the, it's so diverse it's, it's, little by little it's going to it's going to start spreading i think through like the music industry and mm. movies and stuff yeah where yeah, younger people are gonna, yeah, I mean, it, well, are gonna definitely start smoking more because it's cool. That's that's really all it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it it is a cultural thing. Um, I mean, I think we both know. Like, I probably smoke cigars because of the nicotine because, like, I just I smoke too many. But um, you know, it, it is a, it is is a, is a time to spend with each other, like we we're talking about. But uh, we got a we got a group. Uh, it's called Jica. Like they're they're artists and rappers. Yeah. Like we're affiliated with oh, them. Wow. With literally another right there. Yeah, they're literally like like right on the other side of this warehouse. There's another one. I mean, and they used to be in the old Nickelodeon studios where they produce. So like they they produce music, rap songs. Like we actually shoot videos in this warehouse. They pull stuff in here and they do whole setups in here. Oh wow! So like and they'll come and shoot scenes at the lounges when they're doing the videos for the music and stuff. So like there's. There's this embracing of like, you know, the the early 20s up into the mid 20s. I mean, these are all people as, aspiring artists. And we're like, you know what? Come on, come on, man. We'll embrace everything. Like like the boxes you left called Chief Natural Leaf. Like we also were made. We, we used to manufacture for them, but we bought them out. Uh, and it's it's they do a die cut Connecticut broadleaf. They're blunt wraps. You know what? That's a growing industry. Oh, yeah. So like we incorporate everything. That's what I said. It's almost like a hydra, man. Like there's 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 heads everywhere or maybe an octopus. There's tentacles everywhere. And like because you realize like most millionaires have what? At least seven passive uh, streams of passive income. Yep. Like uh, we sit here and sell cigars. But you know what? I flip vintage cars. I've restored Model T's. Um, every day we're going back and forth. Like we're messing with cryptocurrency. We've yeah. got, oh, we got geez. another group. Yeah. I mean like we don't care. If, There's if, all kinds of shit going on. Dude. It's, it's going down. Like we're doing everything. Like we'll stop in the middle of the day or not stop, but like in the middle of like calling clients and be like, Hey dude, do you, do you see what like Doge, DOGE is a crypto right now? Dude, all of us that are in this room, we all bought into it when it was like five and six cents a, a crypto or a share. I'm still going to call it a share because these are day trading. Like, right. So like we're sitting here and I'm like, yo, did you see it hit 59 cents earlier today? Like right <laughs> Before you walked in the door, like did it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so it, mad at myself for not buying in, dude. One of one of our guy here, I gotta say it. So we had this, our guy Ed, right? <laughs> had thirty nine thousand shares. He bought when they were like five cents a piece. Right. When it hit nine cents a couple weeks ago, he sold out. He's like, yeah, I made eighteen hundred bucks. I'm like, you should have held. Oh when yeah. That shit hit fifty cents like last week or whatever. He's like, that would have been eighteen thousand dollars. I'm like, yeah. And I was, and I was kind of like poking fun at him a little bit at the lounge. And we have another friend. He used to be the mayor of Longwood. He's like our age, right? Actually, he's younger than I am. And uh, yeah, his name's Ben Paris. Like he, like, and Matt Morgan's our current mayor. Like the former wrestler Matt Morgan. He's the mayor here. No kidding. Yeah, yeah he, he's. Oh, that's awesome. He'd come hang out at my house and like smoke cigarettes <laughs> behind my house so people didn't see him while he was running for mayor. Like we bullshit, right? So I'm like, I'm like, so Matt Morgan's using my bathroom right now. Like <laughs> it was just some weird shit, right? But like. So I'm talking with the other mayor kind of like, you know, like, man, that sucks for Ed. And he's like, don't say shit. He's like, I bought in when I could get uh, it was like point zero zero three cents per share. He goes, I had two hundred and thirty thousand shares. I sold at nine cents. 
Oh my God. He's like, and then at that time he's like, we were doing the math cause he was sitting out like out back. Cause we started talking about it and he's like, yeah, I would have made $118,000 if I waited another 12 hours. <laughs> Oh <laughs> so when oh. that shit hit 60 cents today i like text him like yeah you would have made like two hundred and eighty thousand dollars." <laughs> he's just like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up that's yeah. awesome you know but it's weird like so we're doing that like we're, we're bullshitting like that and he's like oh you want to see what we got like this dude he's cool as fuck uh, the, the the mayor the, uh, the current mayor's cool as fuck too but like the prior one and like and that's the thing we all hang out at the same lounge like every one of the power players hangs out and they, like for our small community like everybody's there so like i said you got the tranny you got the homeless guy you got the mayor you've got all of us and we're all fucking around just enjoying life bullshitting around tables smoking like and anything that's going on or popping off you're going to hear about before most other people do and again the, the thing that brings us together is a cigar, cigar. yeah that's why I say it like from kings to street sweepers and everybody in between everybody in between absolutely you know and uh like we're we're actually taking an area in the back it's under a big covered area probably about about 2,000 square foot and we're milling the concrete and we're putting in a putting green there so you can smoke your cigar drink your scotch and do putting oh that's fucking cool all out of the weather that's fucking cool out of the rain at least yeah all right so we've talked about like the the diversity of culture and whatnot but Women are smoking cigars mm -hmm. uh, more yeah. than ever before, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Instagram, we talked about social media a little bit ago. Social media has a lot to do with that because of the influencers and whatnot. Have you guys seen that? Like, are you seeing? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, a good absolutely. thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, for, actually, for industry, I've, been, right? I've been planning to send a couple samples to a couple influencers that are female influencers. Yeah. And not only, not only because they're influencers, but like you said, because they're females. So half their females are, or half their followers are females and the other half are just like, you know, weirdos like me. But either way, <laughs> it's going to sell to a completely different crowd right. that, that it would normally hit just yeah. because of that. But yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be a huge game changer. Yeah, you guys are great at using social media. This, uh, you guys, well, you're I bought my first computer eight months ago. I was almost 40 before I bought a computer. You you realize it's 2021, right? I grew up on a farm, homie. I no, I get that. I get that. But even like I live in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Right. No, farmers knew they they were using computers look long time. You ago. know you got this many horses, they need this much feed, this much hay. <laughs> the computer's telling the same story right now like I met my first Jeremy 8 years ago. <laughs> months, months, all months right? ago. Like I just got into doing social media stuff not all that long ago and I didn't have to. Like I prided myself like I here's the thing. So I mean I did a little bit i guess i dabbled some but it was like a computer about like i used to shoot wedding photography too but i did it for a while and i was like this sucks so i sold like my nice high ass expensive you know canon i marked something or other and i went the other way like i taught myself how to shoot wet plate colloidian so like the old tin types you see from the 1800s i learned the chemistry behind it like i contacted um the guys um bostick and sullivan uh, out of New Mexico. I was like, hey, can you put together like an ABs? Like, so we can get around because you use ether, um, like potassium cyanides, the fix. Like, I'm like, can we maybe figure out something a little safer so I don't fucking die? <laughs> so, like, I went the other way. Like, for me, I was always running the opposite away from digital technology, but I also realized that for marketing purposes, everybody's running that way. I want to go this way and stand out. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do with cigars, too. And you guys you are know. succeeding with that so for sure. That's the idea. And like I said, for me, I'm eight months into it, and Donovan, I mean, He's like 12, so he's got a long way to he's go. He's got a long way to go. There. Yeah, let me know when you hit 40. Okay. Shit starts going downhill real quick. Think about it, you'll be 70 when he's 40. Oh, dude, I'll be dead. Let me let me ask you this. Do I'll start <laughs> no, with Donovan. 60, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> trust me. I, yeah. My I, mathematics ain't there. Yeah, mine either. 
Where do you see yourself in 10 years, Donovan? In the industry, out of the industry, what are you doing in 10 years? In the industry, Hobos but behind a dumpster. not. <laughs> in the industry. <laughs> what did you say? Hobos behind a dumpster. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm I play, Playing a character from <laughs> Emmy Wimming for an... Okay. Um, definitely still within, within, the, within the cigar industry, um, but not just exclusively. Like, I want to do this um, uh, subscription box. That's going to feed into all my clients' cigars. So I'm gonna every every client that I have that has a private label, I'm gonna have them featured in the in the in the subscription box. So it just feeds into it. Right. Also, my ideas, and then you know, going around uh, different cigar bars, collecting different items, you know, super rare stuff. And it doesn't have to be cigars; it could be you know humidors and like crazy rare cutters and you know like jewelry that has to do with it. But that that aspect for sure, it's gonna be forever because I, I don't see why why it shouldn't be. You know, no, for sure. And I always joke around. I tell them we're going to be the celebrity of celebrities. Like celebrities are going to react to us how normal people would react to them. And like, you know, things are happening here and there. And Chris will look at me like, bro, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, holy shit. What the fuck just happened? Like the the champs uh, trade show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What's the guy's name? I, I forgot. I got five on it. What's his what's his name? I don't fucking know. Anyway, he's a rapper. That song, I got five on it. They did an interview with him. Uh, Chris's girlfriend. She did an interview with him. Was that him? Yeah, Cushmouth. Yes, the guy he was with. That was okay. I didn't even know that. See, See? here's the thing. So I didn't know. Like, here's the thing. So she got the interview because they're all sitting outside, like smoking joints outside of the hotel. And I saw this huge crowd with like an entourage, and it was just like this wall of huge huge african-americans right and i'm five nine i'm like looking up to these sons of bitches like they're huge and we were trying to promote chief so i was like you know what fuck this shit i grabbed my sample pack and i just made a beeline i cut right through these sons of bitches <laughs> you know right shit's about to go dude. down grilled i mean this dude's grilled out i mean like if he would have jumped in the pool he'd have drowned from all the golden diamonds oh, he had on right right look like king tut like he jacked his <laughs> his, his sarcophagus you know like and I rolled right up to him and I went right to his face. I mean, like from me to him, I'm like, yo, you ever heard of Chief? And I just stuck it in his face. And he's like, he like, look, he's like, you got some balls. I was like, yes, I do. You want to try these out or what? And he's like, all right. And he ripped one open. He rolled up. He's like, this is good. He's like, let's do an interview. I'm like, nah, I ain't pretty enough. So we got my buddy's girlfriend to do it because she's, she's a cutie, you know, half redneck from Alabama and half Colombian, you know, like she's on point. Yeah. And she fired it off and like, it's just taken off since then yeah after the interview i was like what i tell you and she's like oh my god it's happening <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so, you know like and that's the thing so it was it's like me having see, the that balls wasn't and even the initiative and her having the initiative to do that so it's all a symbiotic relationship yeah. in this industry and i wish people just fucking get past the ego enough to realize that like dude if you do well i do well if we all do well so like put down the pretentious fucking attitude and just fucking smoke a cigar absolutely where do you see yourself in 10 years? Where do you see Deep South in 10 years? And where do you see where do you see the industry in 10 years? Mm, uh, let's start with the first question. Where do I see myself in 10 years? Yeah. Probably sitting on my porch smoking a cigar or on my boat. Or so answering that question. <laughs> Jesus Christ, art school. <laughs> Fuck off. No, no, seriously. I, re- I don't know. I mean, 10 years is a long time for me. It now. is a long time. I mean, the reality. But what's your goal from 10 years? Like, what, what do you want to be doing? Just Sit? being happy smoking cigars and doing pottery in my shop. 
while right. still smoking lots of cigars. Like I would like to in that period of time, I'd like to have it functioning enough where like it's it's autonomous enough. Like I don't I don't need to make millions. I want to have enough where I can hire enough people that they keep the machine going, and Daddy just collects a little bit of that you're residual. Just, yeah, income. you're just comfortable. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's fine. I mean, the reality is like um. Like I have an old 1974 Dodge Travco. They're kind of shaped like the old Airstreams, but they're yeah right. I want to have one of those. Like I've already been collecting parts. Like I want to. I I lived in it for like two years after my divorce. Like I made it into a micro home, and I lived in that bitch. That's just what I lived in. So like I want to like completely redo it. I want to travel the country and just market my cigars and smoke way too many cigars. Yep. And go fly fishing when I can and live a good life. Like, nice. that's really it. Like, I, I do. I want to wake up and I want to be like, you know what? Where do I want to go today? And like, maybe metaphorically throw a dart at a map or just be like, you know what? Fuck it. The fish are running good. I'm going to stay here today. You know, come back to. Uh, that's what I want to be doing. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, come back here on occasion as needed because this will always be home. Um, but I want to wander. I Like I said, I spent the first 36 years of my life in servitude to animals. Like, I, I haven't traveled enough. And then as soon as I had the chance to leave, I got a chance to buy this Victorian house I have, which I'm now restoring. And it took every dime I had to buy into it. So it's like I, I like I'm 40, like I'm halfway through my book statistically by, you know, oh, the, yeah. men, uh, the male life expectancy, like the book's halfway over. So I, I got a little bit of living to do. And um, that's, that's the reason we I do this and I have the business and we have the printing business. Like I'm trying to generate we're, we're, we're building those things up. So, yeah, you work to live, not live to work. Yeah. And I, and I, I exactly, but right now I, I don't actually, I mean, the reality is I could, I could take off for like a year if I wanted to, but I don't want to. But you don't want to. I don't want to. You no, know, you like, enjoy what you're doing. That's, Absolutely. That's this is at work. Obvious. That is I'm at obvious. work right now. Yeah. We're smoking cigars on a leather couch. Like you just pet Tupac, the cat that walked by. Yeah. He meowed at you. Like we got a Tupac, we've got all this fucking diversity. Like, and it's right here, you know? And if I want to, <laughs> and when we're done, I get in my car and I go home. You know, it's like a mile away from here. Yeah, like I, I, I kind of pretty much literally have a life that I can do whatever I want already. But, you know, I, you know, I, I spent about three months um, before my first daughter was born, my ex-wife and I. And like we traveled all over the southeast. We went up to um, Illinois. Um, that was unmemorable. No offense if you're from Illinois. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I, all I did is I managed to go pee out in the field and get a bunch of ticks on my legs. Yeah. That's you know, Illinois. so well, well, that welcome was, to Illinois. You know, um, should be their their catchphrase. <laughs> welcome to Illinois. Pee in a field and get ticks. On <laughs> exactly. Like I remember because we'd been on the road. We were on the road for thirteen weeks straight, just traveling, like just doing whatever we wanted. Like we'd sold our first investment property. My ex wife and I were just like, "Fuck it, let's go." Like I bought a Carmen Ghia when I was up in North Carolina. Like traveled to Blue Ridge. I go do landscape photography. Like as the sun came up, uh, you know, it, life was awesome. I want to get back to that. Yeah. You know, like it, it and. It was, it was really cool being like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Like, you know, that's the way to go. Though. Fucking go out breakfast. Like, yeah. It was great. Like, so I kind of want to get back to it. I'm not going to say like three months stints, but if I can do that for two or three weeks, absolutely. Um, I will say one of the other memorable parts of when I went there is I remember I stopped in a gas station and I was just craving fruit. Right. And I was like, you know, down here we have like 7-Elevens and Circle K's and stuff like that. And like right. you can go in and you can pretty much find everything except the kitchen sink, literally. And I was like, do you got any fruit? And she's like, no, we got fruit flavored candy. Does that count? <laughs> I was just like, this is OK. Cool. You in the, Thank you, Illinois. You were in the back roads of Illinois. <laughs> uh, I was just, yeah, right, kind of not too far from um, St. Louis. 
Like yeah, right yeah, down, area. yeah, like down south next to Missouri. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember we went into St. Louis, and we, the, the big arch was right there, and the water had been low for some reason. I don't, it was like we're talking 15 years ago. The water label had dropped though, and uh, we were right by the park right there where the arch is. And bear in mind, my ass had never been to the state my entire life, never even been to that area at all. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like. Where in the hell do they have alligators up here? And I got a picture of it. There's a damn alligator <laughs> by the bank right there in that part of the river. And I, I was I, I had a cousin that I turns out she was one exit up the road, you know, call family, call family. Next thing you know, like we meet up and uh, I was like, yeah, check this out. She's like, I've never seen an alligator here my entire damn life. Mm-mm. A damn alligator. That's, I was like, that's kind of cool. That, that is kind of cool. So Where that's you- my memory from St. Louis, <laughs> an alligator, just like they have here. So St. Louis is an alligator and Illinois is ticks while peeing. Yeah, and pretty much. Right. We went to the Mark Twain <laughs> National Forest. Um, that was kind of uneventful. My brother graduated from Fort Leonard Wood. So we're going up there to see his graduation before he got shipped out to Iraq. You are definitely an outdoorsman. You love the outdoors. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Where do you see Deep South Cigars in 10 years? Making millions and fulfilling. No, um, honestly, <laughs> um, Dude, I, I like. I hope to, it happens. Uh, so do I. Absolutely. I, like I said, I want I want us to, to eventually grow into having a lounge or a series of lounges. Um, really, just I mean, that that is a super valid question. I don't know if I can answer this yet. I would like to grow and scale up to the point where we do. We have that. I want to have a place so when I get a little bit older, I'm 40. I'm not you know ancient yet, but like I I would like in the next 10 years to be like, well, what do you want to do? You know, to whoever I'm with. Let's go chill at the lounge. Like, I want to be the guy that has my own little spot in the lounge where I can sit and smoke cigars. And there's a sign like, don't touch this fucking chair to Jeremy's. You know what I'm <laughs> right, saying? Like, right. the rest of it, like, you do, you hoodlums do whatever you want to do. Like, I want to be able to either, I'd, I've, another medium I'd always like to learn is like taxidermy. Like, I want to do some weird, fucked up taxidermy of like, you know, like stupid little animals, you know, like maybe mixed, mixed medium taxidermy. And I want to hide it in my deep South cigar lounge. It's like little stupid stuff like that. I'm waiting for Donovan to say, yeah, we get it. You went to art school. Yeah. Hey, see, that's why I do. He's going to get hit in the face. I don't even have to say anything. <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be fun though to like have some fucked up taxidermy hiding in places? I maybe. I don't, mm. not my thing. No, not my thing, but maybe. South. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I mean, uh, that's one thing though. I can't wait for the taxidermy. I, 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 no, <laughs> I, I kind of like answered the BBC's. our question. The BBC's. Like, I think he's going to agree with me here. The field trips we're going to do yes. visiting our clients. Right? That's what we're looking forward to Dude, as well. Dude, that's what I'm looking forward to. I just thought of that right now yeah. when he had Doesn't that get to be a grind though? Ticks. I don't know. Like, no, I mean, getting, getting the hell out of here for a little bit. I haven't taken a vacation in 10 years. Oh, jeez. I haven't so imagine, like, imagine if we years. all like got a route, right, for our clients and just like, a Take like a month, like a month road trip, just cigar yeah. bar. Yeah. That'd be so yeah. cool. That'd be so cool. And then we're all on first name basis with the owners of these places. So it's going to be pretty much VIP. You know what I mean? Treatment yeah. for yeah. all of us. Um, we got like a little cigar shaped bus. There you go. You would pick something that's kind of shaped like a dildo, like a BBC. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, like we got a we we actually have a client a client of mine. He's uh, it's FDR. It's out of uh, Atlanta, like the Stone Mountain area. And he's going to be having a launch from, you know, like we were just friends, you know, like, and he's like, he's having a launch. So like, I kind of want to get in the car and go up there and, you know, just be there to support him, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and you're going back to the earlier, you're talking about uh, uh, the growth of cigars was the black community. Mm-hmm. The fastest growing demographics, some of that I've seen is actually black females. They oh, are the fastest sure. growing for demographic sure. in the yeah. cigar industry. I mean, we, uh, yeah, I just closed the deal with Rodney Hubbard with his, uh, there you go. Sweet Jasmine. Yeah. For um, his sister. Exactly. There's uh, Ancestry Cigars. She's the first, 
uh, African-American uh, tobacco license holder in Illinois. Wow. And Ancestry Cigars. Like, I printed her bands. Like, we, like she's a client. So it's kind of cool. Like, she's come down here a couple times. She's actually talking about relocating into this area. So, like, there's definitely a growth. Like, I would have to say a large portion of our private label and, like, stuff like that is they are, they're, you know, they definitely are not white. So no. it's fast as growing. It, it, it really is. And it never used to be that. I think that, and I, to me, that just kind of goes to the amount of disposable income because we all basically roll up money and smoke it. Yes, we it do. goes to the amount of disposable income that people have now, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what race, what sex, they've got it, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. All fifty-two genders. Mm-hmm. That's right. Where do you <laughs> see where do you see the industry in ten years? Because the industry is constantly changing. It just even in the few years that I've been kind of watching it and and trying to digest it, it's constantly changing. And there's, there are, <laughs> there are, uh, as you pet Donovan once again, there, there are, like I've said, it, it can be cutthroat at times. It yeah. can be very, uh, backstabbing and there's always infighting, it seems. Where do you see the industry in wow. 10 years? That's, that's like saying, where do you see the state of our union in 10 years? I'd rather not think about that. You know, I mean, I just kind of see myself going out in a pile of brass around me. <laughs> no, I take that back if anybody from the government's listening. Right. Um, I don't, my, I lost all my guns in a boating accident. Exactly. We all suck at boating. <laughs> yeah. We're terrible at it. Um, wow. That's super, that's a super valid question. That's, and that's a really complex one because like you just mentioned, there's whole new demographics coming into the equation. Um, here's the thing. We both, I think we all know that the products are mainly coming out of certain regions of the world. Like, I think that if they start becoming, how things change there politically could affect the supply, which could affect us geopolitically. Like speaking, like, like if, if let's just say for some, Nicaragua starts playing, you know, something changes where it's harder to get the products. I mean, you could have different labor issues. Like that's a lot of variables to happen. And I know there's a big push for globalism. I'm not that guy that's pushing for it. Like you never know how that could affect trade. Um, now do I see like, let's just say you have the product here. I would love to see more small businesses starting up. Like, like, you know, when America started over a century ago, manufacturing automobiles, it was over a hundred automobile manufacturers in this country. Now you got what the big three basically. I mean, there's more than that, but it's really is the big three. So, I mean, there's always this push for consolidation for stuff, but then you create monopolies and then you lose freedom of choice and you lose diversity. But in a lot of ways, I almost see. And I'm only going to reflect this and maybe I'm biased in seeing this because like with MJ Frias, anybody can start a private label. You know what I'm saying? Like quite literally, if you get your license, give us a call. It really is crazy. You have your own product line. Like, like, <laughs> like I said, we grow, we roll it, we make the boxes, we print the bands, we do the graphic work, we handle importation. Anything you can think of, I can give you a finished product delivered to your door. So when I say that I'm, I, I and it's because and I'm we not. we can sell it for you. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And we can even do that. I mean, like quite literally, you can have a concept and it can become a reality. So for me, I I don't have the limiting factor anymore being on this side of the business of thinking it's hard. Like I remember when like when we were sales, when we sold for a retail, you know, for Corona, like you'd see this is like there was like this mysticism and this awe behind it. Like, oh, this company came out with this new blend, you know, like Fuentes 858 or whatever. Like right. I loved it. Right. I still think it's an okay cigar, but now being on this side, like the cigar we smoked here. Really good. Right. Exactly. I compare that to the Fuente, and I'm not trying to say anything new. I love the 858, but I'm saying like, I used to think of like a lot of the Fuente stuff as being great, and I'm not dogging them because they make phenomenal. I love their, um, the what is it, Casacuba? Casacuba's? Yeah, Casacuba and the, the 858 Cas- Rosado. Yeah, yeah. I think they're phenomenal Ooh, cigars, but like- so 
I look on the other side and I, I, that's their own house. But like, you know, some of these other other brand names and I only brought them up because they're a name that every fucking buddy knows. But um, you know, we manufacture for some big ass names like most people listening to this right now. They've been in a lounge. It has our product in there that we made naked and somebody else put a band on. And when I see how inexpensive it is, it's really not that much money to start your own brand. So, like, I hope there's a diversification in the products. Like, I hope there's more people starting it up. But isn't the industry, and I mean this in, well, I don't. Isn't the, I was going to say I mean this in the nicest possible way, but I really don't. The industry is really against demystifying starting your own starting your own yeah, brand, starting your own is. cigar line. Yeah, it's not my problem. It's their problem. Maybe they should make a better product. And that's just it. It goes back to we think a rising tide raises all ships and they just want to, like you said, like hold on to their fiefdom. Yeah. And you know what happens when you don't evolve? You you die. Right. So welcome new blood or get the fuck out of the way. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, and there's one guy in the industry that I think gets that Nick Perdomo. Yeah. He's always helping yeah. smaller companies out and he's doing he's doing that for a lot of guys that I know in the industry. But there are others, and I won't mention names, but there are others who are vehemently against it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I can get it because if you know somebody else is buying a cigar and they're not buying your cigar, that means less revenue coming into your coffers at the end of the but day. But that's the thing. It's like, why don't you think of it like this? They're buying cigars. Right. So Precisely. Like, make sure that you have a product that's good. And if, as long as they're buying cigars, they're going to come back to you no matter what. Absolutely. Because that's there's it. because you said freedom of choice. Yeah. I don't have, I have three wine doors at home. I have about a thousand in my stash at home. It's not just one brand. Yeah, we, those yeah, those, yeah. Those are rookie numbers. How many do you have in your stash? I smoked uh, at my house currently. Yeah. I don't know. Just a few thousand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. You want stuff to age. You, <laughs> you smoke do. like 10 a day. Do the math. Like you have to have a few to let them age long enough if you're doing that. But I mean, I also work somewhere where I get the very, get very, very right. fair price. <laughs> right. So uh, I don't expect the average person. If if your average ten dollar stick retail, fifteen dollar stick retail costs us like two bucks, uh, you know, you do the math there, and it's like, well, I can get seven point five cigars for what you're going to pay retail. And I think that's part. Yeah, saying. and that's why they don't want it demystified because. Well, the, there's a lot to it more than I'll be honest, like just like getting the cigars, not so much. You have the OTP taxes somewhere like New York. It's like 78 percent OTP. So for every dollar, you got to spend 78 cents yeah. in taxes. Right. So I can understand there is overhead. There's marketing. There's cost. There's a sales rep cost. Because like we do our sales yeah. like we get in 10 cents of every dollar it sells for. So like there isn't a crude overhead, just like anything else. Like if you buy a fifty thousand dollar F-150, even if they're that cheap anymore, I don't even know because I wouldn't buy one. The truck didn't cost fifty grand to make. It probably cost more like twenty thousand dollars in materials to make, and then you have all the union fees and all the other crap. So, like I'm saying those numbers, but really the cost incurred is more. But I mean, if you wanted your own product line, we get you out the door to set price. You're at least triple key. You can keystone a B to B. You can keystone B to C. You're triple keystoning. I mean, like they're better profit margins than a drug dealer, and it's legal, right? Legit better profit margins than drug dealing. Yeah. For sure. It's phenomenal. <laughs> but I but I think that that's why they don't want to demystify. They don't want all these people coming in and and messing up what they've got, they think. But it's not. Yeah, it's it's, it's the freedom of choices. I don't want to smoke the same three, four cigars every day for the rest of my life. I want I want to go to the humidor and go, well, fuck. What am I going to smoke today? Yeah. And like have too many choices and go, ah, uh, pick this one. I smoke like eight or nine of those at least daily. So I love that. Oh, that's a good cigar. That right. is a fucking great cigar. What's it the name is. of it? Uh, we call it the Royale, the Private Royale. Where can you get it? Um, 
call me up. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the private three two one. Yeah, label it's ones? a private label. Yeah, it's three two one nine four seven eight six three eight. Jeremy, call me up, man. Call <laughs> like Jeremy Holman. Donovan at mjfreescigars.com. There you go. There yeah. you are. So it's yeah, quite literally, <laughs> it's what we do. Like that. That is our highest prime. I'm not. I'm not going to joke. Like that right there. That 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 Royale is it's our highest prime cigar we have. But even our house blends are almost damn near that good. And they're two dollars a stick for the house blends. Like that unit you smoked. Yeah. It's $3.20 a unit. Jesus. That's better than some $15 cigars I've smoked. You're damn right it is. I mean, it really is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. But seriously. I'll edit that out. <laughs> you know, I mean, and here's the thing. Like, and if you buy bulk, you're getting them even cheaper. Yeah. That's just crazy. And and that's the thing. Like, I've actually said to people, I'm like, dude, just get your tobacco license and buy them from us and smoke them your own. Like, you'd save more money getting your own damn license. No. Hint, hint, hint. Right. And then the money you save, you can make a private label to pay for your hobby. To exactly. pay for the hobby. You no, that's, it's a literally. hobby, not a habit. It's, it's a hobby. Quite, it's quite <laughs> literally myself. what I've done. I mean, I just offset my costs. My wife would probably appreciate that. Is she uh, seriously? I, I could I could probably sit down and articulate why you starting your own business would save her money <laughs> in the long run. That I mean, it's it's true. It's kind of a no brainer. It really is. It really is. Wife, take note. I'm just saying. She doesn't listen to this. <laughs> She's just like you're going to do cigar stuff, aren't you? Yep, I'll be back. Yeah. Oh, see, I actually I've I've kind of gotten back into the dating field a little bit. Oh, how's that? And going? that's my litmus test. Like, I'll show up <laughs> with a cigar. I've had a couple be like, oh, my God, like, it's so cool. I love what you do, blah, 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 blah. And I'll, like, have a cigar, and they're like, so do you think, like, you could give up smoking cigars or not smoke before you see me? I'm like, well, it was nice meeting you. Yeah. That's it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Either you're on board or you're off the ship. Like, that's it. The cigar, like. What, what's the ratio to, to those who are okay with it and those who are like, no, can you change? I'd say 70% nay, 30% yay. Really? Yeah. That's higher than I thought it would be for the yays. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm being, you know, but uh, honestly, I mean, it's, seriously, that's like my litmus test. Like, wow. And it, like, quite literally, that's it. But down here, there are more cigar smokers, I would imagine, in Florida than anywhere else. I don't know, to be honest. I've never, I've never spent enough time in other regions to be able to decide that. I mean, I know if you go to a golf course, there are pretty high numbers that smoke cigars. But if you're going to the American Lung Association, you're not going to find a lot of cigar smokers. So, like, <laughs> right. where are we hunting for these numbers? <laughs> Real quick before I get out of here, like, how did COVID affect you guys at all? Were you guys unaffected? Bro, we affected? exploded. We exploded. We we tripled the size of our warehouse, and I would say our revenues were, like, 30 or 40% higher. Oh, wow. So, yeah, COVID is great for us. And people are like, when you get back to living life post-COVID, I'm like, we didn't change a damn thing. Like, we're just doing us. We sell cigars. We hang out at the lounge. Like, you I actually saw some fool with a damn mask on and a hole put through it smoking a cigar. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like what the was fuck am I joke? looking? No, he oh was being God. serious. I'm like, I, an older <laughs> gentleman. And I'm just like, like, I am inherently a smart ass. If right. you haven't been able to pick up on that. <laughs> right. And like, I was biting my tongue to just be like, the fuck are you doing what, what what are you doing it kind of misses the point of the mask yeah Doesn't but i just thought it was funny it's a hole right through it that's insane so no man uh, wow. nothing's changed for us like you know you can what was it biden said oh you can start having maybe maybe potentially small parties on fourth of july i'm like when did we stop having parties because i was just <laughs> at a lounge i had like 150 people in it like this is the party. nothing stopped man like we're still going full steam ahead and yes i mean some of us have caught actually you know tested positive not me personally thankfully but i i caught it beginning of last year you know what i got past it you know yeah. um, so 
humans have been dying from things for, Get for shot walking such a millennium. Yep. And it just seems all of a sudden COVID comes into the equation and they're just like, everybody has a cease to exist and we have to grind our economy to a stop. And I'm like, um, know, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying like, really? Yeah. There's a better way to been, do it. I think it might have been a dry run to see how easy it is to control everyone. Yes. yes. That's and my something hypothesis. else is right. happening. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't, yeah, we didn't even get into weird. the whole Agenda 21 weird. or anything. Ugh. That could be a whole nother show. Yay. For Hit sure. the pause button. We'll start off with something <laughs> else. Hey, we're at, we're at work right now, but um, we're chilling. Yeah, you guys are chilling. Uh, and I appreciate the time you guys spent in inviting me down and letting me look at the warehouses. Thank great. You. you guys have a great product. I can't wait to try the BBC. Uh, so look for can't. so look Sorry. for the review. <laughs> you can't help yourself, can you? I told you. It's, it's automatic. It's automatic. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Look for that review soon. Simplystogies.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy, Donovan, thank you guys so much thank for spending for some time me. with us. Uh, and join me next time here on Simply Stogies, where I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.